Hello and welcome to this episode of Every Square Inch. My name is Robert Cunningham and I have one more interview for you um, as a resource during uh, these times. Uh, this time I interview Pastor Andy Longwee. He's a minister in Scotland, the Free Church of Scotland, and a dear friend. I explained uh, my connection to him in the interview, but I thought it'd be good to talk to him uh, because he himself uh, has just, he's just on the other side of a two-week battle uh, with COVID-19, and I thought it'd be good to hear about his journey um, from a physical perspective, um, a spiritual perspective, lessons he's learned, and any uh, pastoral wisdom that he can share to us. So um, so I got him on the phone, and we, we, we talked for a while, and it was really, really, really helpful, and I, I think you'll find it um, a good resource to listen to. So with that, I hope you enjoy this interview with Andy Longwee. Okay, so I've got with me the Reverend Andy Longwee, Free Church of Scotland, who is also our uh, missions partner over in Scotland and also a dear, dear friend of mine. We we have had a... We started just with missions partnerships, but I uh, I got I had the honor of doing his wedding. I got to baptize his child. Um, we stay in regular contact and uh, just a dear friend. So um, excited, excited to get to talk to him, and I, I think this will be a helpful resource for everyone. Uh, but let's just start with this, Andy. Um, how are you? How's your family? How How's your church uh, in Cumbernauld doing? Well, first of all, Robert, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be able to chat with you at this time. Um, no, thanks for asking. First of all, let me just say a huge thank you to everyone in the um, TCPC for who have been praying for me and the family at this time. I've received a lot of messages from you guys there in uh, Lexington, and I've been overwhelmed just at the love and the prayers um, that I've received at this time. And I know it's because of the prayers of God's people that uh, I'm doing a lot better. So, yeah, I'm doing well. Feeling about 95% back to normal. Um, huge contrast to lying in my bed with no energy or strength. Um, what about, just what feeling, about Marina and Theo? Yeah, they're, they're doing well. So Marina, I, I think I told you during this time, she developed toothache and it was really bad. And unfortunately, because she'd been in contact with me, she couldn't um, see a, a dentist but they did manage to give her some painkillers and antibiotics yeah. she's doing better she's not getting any pain today she's been out shopping for some of the elderly in our congregation um, yeah. serving them Theo's doing great he's uh, just full of joy um, I think one of the, the hard things for Theo is he's been cooked up in the house or he's in the back garden we take him walks but uh, he's not getting to go to all the different classes and see all the different friends that he's got yeah. so um, but he's doing really well. And he's got his first word, I've heard. He, he's got his first word. His first word was dad. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about uh, what about Cumbernauld Free Church? Yeah, churches did well. The church family are incredible just at this time, loving each other and supporting one another. We've got one uh, confirmed case of COVID-19 within our congregation, one of our members, Margaret. She's in hospital. She has underlying health conditions. Um, so oh, we are praying for her and her husband, Ricky, okay. um, and their family. So it's, it's very serious. The, the doctor told um, Ricky that um, if it does develop more serious, that she won't get a ventilator and she won't be uh, taken into intensive care. Hmm. So we're, we're really praying for them at this time. But 
um, trusting that there won't be a serious strain of COVID-19 and that she'll get through this. But the yeah. church family are, we're doing great. We're using technology to stay in touch with each other. And yeah. people are really looking after the elderly, which is, is great. And, and what's unique with the Free Church of Scotland is, uh, I would say, what, 95% of your demographic would fall into the elderly category? Is I mean, is that am I yeah, overstating yeah, that? Yeah, probably a little overstatement, but yeah, yeah, certainly <laughs> we are, <laughs> you know, 60, 70%, over 60, 70%, about 60 or 70%, yeah, would yeah. be an elderly category. So. Yeah. so we need to be praying for the free church as a whole and for absolutely Margaret yeah. in particular. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. and just give us an update. You're you're in Scotland. You're in the United Kingdom. Give us an update on how things are going in your country with the virus. And I know Boris Johnson at first was kind of taking a different approach. That that's mm. now changed. What's how, yeah. how are things over there? Yeah, so things have really ramped up. Boris Johnson actually tested positive uh, with COVID-19. So our nation is in lockdown. Um, Only the hospital healthcare workers or the the, the main industry supporting the infrastructure of our society are allowed allowed to work in. Um, Everyone else is is in lockdown in their homes. Um, London is the hotspot in the UK. Um, There have been over 2,000 deaths uh, in the UK, but we expect actually that in the next coming uh, couple of weeks, we're going to, uh, it's going to rapidly increase. Um, mm. I think we were slow to, to move to lockdown and to canceling big events, mm-hmm. and that's had the knock-on that it's spread, and especially in a city like London, uh, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and so in Scotland, uh, there I think there are 2,000 confirmed cases, but way over that in real terms, that's just those who've been able to be tested, and you can only be tested as if you're admitted to the hospital, if you're admitted to hospital, or if you're a, a key frontline worker in the hospital, or a politician, for example. Right. And there have been about 60 deaths in Scotland, um, and so mm. it's a it's a really it's a really strange time as um, they've had to ramp up. So the police now are enforcing people staying at home, and they're, they're out and about in the streets, uh, giving people fines if they're not obeying the government guidelines. Wow. Yeah. So and so you guys are kind of where we are as far as the mm. next couple of weeks are probably what when it's going to really peak and um, yeah we'll see how is the NHS in its capacities to 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 handle things. Yeah, I, the it's I heard today on the television um, one of the the um, cabinet ministers speaking and saying that the the NHS are. Right now, trying to make all the provisions that they can. There's 8,000 ventilators, but right now, I think already there are 3,000 people in hospital on ventilators, and we expect in the next couple of weeks that that is going to quadruple that number, and mm. we, we're just not prepared as yet. Um, so right now, the, the the government are phoning around every nation within the EU. I know America looking for materials. Uh, we're just under-provided for. They're starting to use um, public buildings and trying to turn them into hospitals. Yeah. Um, all of the, the workers, even if you work, say, in healthcare, if you're a trained nurse, but you're, you're not like frontline in a hospital, they've been moved into the hospital situation. Um, and they're shutting down screening, routine operations. All of that has stopped. And there's a huge focus on the, the, the responding to the COVID-19 pandemic here. And so the NHS is overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, 
The NHS, for those because, listening, mm-hmm. it's foreign to us in America. What it, I should have had you explain this. What's the NHS? It's the National Health Service. Okay. So our health service is provided by the state. Yeah. And um, yeah. Okay. Um, is the private? You know, in America, a lot of private industries are jumping in and kind of transforming what they're doing to provide medical supplies and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Are you seeing that in the United Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. So the government Good. straight away, we, they tell the private to uh, hand over the release of their hospital so that yeah. the, the NHS can use it. Good. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's 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 get into your story. You were um, – because – because the testing, especially when you got it, was so scarce and they were being so selective mm. with it, you were never officially tested and diagnosed with COVID-19. But um, all indications are that is exactly what you had. It certainly was all the symptoms and the mm. timeline fit and everything. So I think it'd be helpful. I think a lot of people, a lot of it's just kind of the fear of the unknown. And so I think it's helpful for people to actually hear the story of somebody who battled this um, mm. we'll get into battling it from from a spiritual perspective, but from a physical perspective, take us through uh, the journey from beginning to end with the infection. Yeah, so it was um, the twelfth of March. It was a Thursday uh, when I, I, I developed symptoms. So that week, had, um, I'd been going about normal pastoral ministry. The evening before, I'd led a prayer meeting with many of the elderly members of our congregation. Next day, I went to a soccer game with my brother-in-law, Neil. Um, Thanks for using the word soccer, this... by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know your audience. 60... <laughs> there were probably about 60,000 people at this soccer game. Oh, um, gosh. Uh, people from uh, Rangers, the, the Glasgow team, were playing a German team by our living cruising. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine traveling there. We were on the, the subway, the Glasgow subway, you know, that little train system, yeah. like the London Underground. So just think, imagine that packed, and we were yeah. on that, and then at the game. So I get home that night. I was feeling fine until during the I went to bed with Marina, and during the night I woke up and I was really just burning up. And Marina was like, "Andrew, you are really, really, really warm." And I was like, "I know, I feel it." So I threw the covers off, um, and that night was just kind of kept on waking up, feeling a little bit feverish. Next morning, I had a sore throat and a really sore head. I still felt a high temperature, but I thought I'm. I was speaking the next day on the Saturday at the Free Church Youth Conference. Like I'm going to finish off the prep for that. And as I was trying to do that, I just realised I I can't do this. I'm feeling weak. I, I just can't um, just adjust to, to, to working. So mm-hmm. I went and lay down. Marina then took my temperature, and it was in America. I would have read about 101, 102. Yeah. Uh, here about 39, and so I, we realised, okay, you've got, I've got a temperature, um, and so I can't. I had to contact the youth conference. And say, look, I'm not going to make it, um, and so I went to bed that night. And again, that that was the the worst night where my I started to feel muscle ache. Um, and and slow. I don't think I developed chest pains. Like my chest was starting to tighten, but I couldn't work it out if it was just. I was just my body was feeling weak and my muscles were aching. Mm. Um, so the next morning when I got up, we phoned the NHL NHS Corona Line help uh, helpline, and it was to say, listen, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I've been in contact with a lot of people, and I, I did, like it, 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 the NHS helpline had just like gone live that week and so i really didn't think i had it i was like it's just arrived but i want to check could i get tested and they said we're not testing we just don't have the ability right now unless you're in a hospital and unless you've got pneumonia or lung failure and um, your organ failure 
we can't test you. So that was um, that was difficult. So I went back to bed. Um, they told me to isolate. So Marina and Essence, we I moved room. Uh, I was living upstairs. She was living downstairs. So that was the first big adjustment, which was strange. That Saturday, I had to call the the session and cancel the the Sunday service mm-hmm. um, because we realised. And so we were one of the the first churches to do that because I I, I was um, in, in bed sick. The government hadn't announced that we had to cancel any uh, gatherings. Right. So that was a, a straight away an adjustment, but it, it continued. The symptoms they, they increased and it developed. I started to get the chest pains. Uh, yeah, I've heard. Um, I've talked to a few that have gone through COVID nineteen, and the chest pains is is pretty common. Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you say chest pains? Like, like heartburn so like, or? No. Um. So it, yeah, it's like in, inside my chest, everything just starting to get tight. Uh huh. Um, and tighter and tighter and you feel it and it loosens and tight and then like there was little things like walking downstairs just to pick up a plate of food i'd be walking back up the stairs like the smallest journey i could make and i would feel a little bit out of breath yeah and then when i was sitting down to eat i, I didn't feel like i really wanted to eat that much but i, I would try but i felt like I, my, my chest is really sore inside them um, i don't know what's going on here um huh. so shortness so, of breath yeah. just walking up a flight of stairs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, okay. And so, and I was, um, and so that continued. And then just to make matters worse, I think it was in the, the Sunday evening or the Monday that Marina developed toothache. Yeah. And it, it was just like at this cocktail, you know, here was I in bed and then she was in great pain. So we phoned again, uh, the helpline to see if I could get tested because the dentist had refused to see her because I was isolating and she'd been in contact with that with me. Mm-hmm. And um, they again refused, but it made it a lot harder because, because I saw my wife in pain and I could do nothing. Mm. In fact, I felt like I was partly responsible for why she couldn't be seen, but they, they then agreed to give her antibiotics and painkillers and, um, it has taken away the pay. It took away the pain, and it's taken away for the last uh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, on the tu- on the Tuesday of that week, I actually woke up and felt great. It was a strange feeling. I felt, oh, I don't feel this temperature, so I got dressed. I even put a shirt on because I thought <laughs> I'm going to start facetiming people in my congregation as a pastor. And I think I spoke to you that morning. You may have, and then the next oh, thing yeah. I, I, I remember talking to you that day, and you're saying, "Hey, I'm great." Let's, and I said, "Well, let's do an interview." And you said, "Sure, let's do it." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I thought, "This is I'm, I'm on the mend." And now, how many then, days was this? So this was how many days? So after this was the, a, this was a Tuesday. So Thursdays when I developed the okay, symptoms okay, of the so, evening. So about four or five days. Yeah, after, four, day, you, four you feel, or five days. You, you're you're feeling like you've turned the corner. Yeah. And then it, I think that's actually was the worst um, when I was floored. I, I mean, sapped of all strength, all energy, temperature returns. I am not over this. And I couldn't get out of bed. I, that was me um, knocked yeah. out for the rest of that week. Uh, so that was that was, that was really the hardest point of it, uh, of the symptoms. But then slowly started to build up. Like I started to develop an appetite, strangely, in those in those days. I was asking Marina for food. Mm-hmm. Um I even texted Mark and said, I'm dreaming of food. And remember, we'd, we'd gone down to um, Chattanooga, and I tried that awful restaurant with Mark. <laughs> oh, Crystal. Mark made yeah. you eat Crystal, crystal. Burgers. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, would work. I, I don't know why today. he gave that to you. 
That's the worst. That is literally the worst thing we have to offer in America. Yeah. So I was even hungry. I even dreamt of a crystal uh, burger. And um, but but it, it it was slow recovery of terms of getting my energy and strength back, and that was what it was building up to. And uh, but I had to stay 14 days in isolation, so that ended. I had a whole nother, I had another week on top of that, oh, and that I was just advised don't work, yeah. don't um, do too much, just build up slowly. And so that's really yeah, been the so, story until so today. You know, I, mm. I, what I remember from walking through and praying with you and getting daily mm. check-ins with with Marina is. What I think what alarmed me is you had that day where you said, "Man, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I've I, I've, I've turned mm. the corner on this." And then you went three days. I couldn't get you to respond to a text, and I'm you know I was yeah. getting concerned. And I talked yeah. to Marina, and she said, "Yeah, you know he's he's a lot of pain." And and you had even had one morning mm-hmm. where you were experiencing, you know, a shortness of breath, um, more so That's than right. normal, yeah. and. So I was, I was, you had me nervous, um, Mm. over here. And, um, so from beginning to end, from, from that Thursday till when would you say, I mean, you preach Sunday, so clearly you're back to the point where you feel like you can be moving around, although I just heard you cough, um, (laughs) hopefully into your arm. Uh, what, how long, how long was the journey from beginning to end with, with the virus? It was probably from that Thursday to the following Monday, Tuesday of the yeah. following, you know, the, yeah. the next week. So um, we're, ta- we're talking ten days of just yeah knocking you out. Yeah, was would you say it's the sickest and, you've ever been? Oh yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever had the flu. Like I I, I call it man flu when I got a bad cold, but <laughs> it's definitely the worst I've ever been. Yeah, I, I've got nothing to compare it with. Um, I really was. Um, when when you have no strength and you're in pain and you're in bed, I, I just I couldn't get up. I, like I had to uh, take my phone and move it away. It, I was just so tired to even answer it when people were phoning. I didn't have the strength to talk. That was hard. And and um, you just, I mean, you just when I would check in with Marina, she say, "Yep, still asleep." You, did you just you just slept? Yeah. I yeah. slept most of the time, yeah. yeah. And if I woke up, I'd, I'd try and watch something or read something. But if I, if I started reading even the Bible or a book, I fell asleep. Yeah. Um, I just didn't. My eyes were, were heavy all the time with sleep. So, um, you know, I think, you know, you've got the asymptomatic cases where mm. basically no symptoms show. And then you've got, you know, you've got the real um, dangerous cases where you have to go in for treatment, um, I would say you represent a fairly uh, normal. I don't know if that that would be a mild. I, I, when I described it to, I think, yeah. uh, when I described it to Dr. Kennedy, as I was asking him questions about you, you know, he he said it didn't sound mild, but it didn't sound like, you know, you got to get him in on a ventilator. Um, so I would say your experience for somebody who does develop symptoms. And those others that I've talked to, and I got another pastor friend who went through it. This is pretty typical um, if you develop mm-hmm. symptoms. Is that what you've discovered, or? Yeah, so it's varying. I, I believe there are, there are different strains of COVID nineteen, yeah. and um, I I think yeah, mine's is mild um, in comparison. There there 
there are some people who, like my age, healthy, who have to be hospitalised on a ventilator, and there's, yeah. and so there's described as serious, but but they still they can get released after seven days, but then there are those who, fourteen days still on a ventilator, yeah. um, and they're saying that that's a a, a a different strain of it, the most serious strain of it, and obviously it can. Um, often end in death. Yeah. Um, and then there are those who develop it and they show no symptoms. They, they test positive, but show no to, yeah. to very little symptoms. Yeah. Um, Is so, your yeah, suspicion I, that Marina has had it, or um, do you all think that? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so we 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 spent that that when when we phoned the the helpline that first Saturday to try and work out. You know, I was wanting to be tested to if i had it we were always asking the question where did i get it and in my head it was like surely i got it whilst traveling back and from the the, the soccer game mm-hmm. but then marina reminded me that that week she had been to the our local pharmacy numerous occasions just picking stuff up mm-hmm. and we started to wonder wait a minute did marina have it but was asymptomatic mm. um yeah. and i think that we kind of concluded we, we Obviously, it's all um, speculation and guesswork, but we we were thinking it's strange that she did she didn't develop symptoms, and yeah. she you know we slept in the same bed that first Thursday night uh, that Thursday evening, and she didn't develop the same symptoms in the days that ahead. But I think the point is, who knows where you got it? It's yeah. it's it's very very um, easily transmitted, um, which is what you know what charlie has has told us um that's Mm. part of the danger of it is even asymptomatically these carriers um it's it's Mm. highly contagious um yeah and i mean you're you obviously didn't end up in the hospital on a ventilator but that was no joke so it's it's how tell everybody how Mm. old you are 29 29 picture of health right i mean you you You've been you've been working out and eating healthy and <laughs> yeah, get, you bet. I get on to Andy for his diet a little bit, uh, but twenty nine, um, good health, no underlying conditions, and even a young man like you, it it really knocked flat. So this is this yeah. is something to take seriously, is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, and, and to follow, I mean, I, I know you've been following along with kind of my my argumentation that the way that Christians can really love their neighbor right now is mm. is to is to follow these guidelines and and yeah for those listening you you as one who's had it would say yes follow these 100%. strict absolutely guidelines. yeah yeah okay well, all right that's the physical journey take us through what it was like you may not have had even the ability to think but i mean mm. was there ever a moment where you freaked out was there ever a moment of like man could i end up in the hospital, did death come to your mind? I mean, what, did you ever have those moments? Mm. Yeah, not not like I think I had a couple of. I think the the Saturday Sunday, um, and then after when I when I when I felt like I relapsed and got it on the the when I got it back on the Tuesday, mm-hmm. there were a few existential crises where I'm lying in that bed with no energy, no strength, in pain feeling completely helpless and just saying, God, what's going on? (laughs) Why am I burning up? Um, And then when you've got pains in your chest and you're like feeling a little breathless, that that does get a little bit strange and you start thinking, you know, what is going on? And hearing some of the symptoms that can develop into pneumonia or um, organ failure, Mm -hmm. you start just thinking, is is this what's going on inside? But 
I had those a couple of times where I think I felt I, I did ask some questions, but it didn't last for long because I was always reasoning it in my head. I've heard of other people mm-hmm. who have died and who are in hospital right now, and I'm not in that condition. Yeah. So I, I would quickly reason that mine's is not as bad as others. Um, yeah. What about um, um, yeah. what about like I mean. Are you able? You said you're trying to read your Bible. You fall asleep. I mean, are you able to turn to? Were you just so sap of strength that it was just like I can't even pray, I can't think? Um, mm. What was it like yeah. journeying with the Lord through this? That's a, good, that's a really good question. You know, you know, one of the really hard things was when you. Um, so the the experience of just getting into like been told you need to stay in a bedroom and then you're feeling tired. So it's the loss of contact with Marina. It's a loss of normal habits and rhythms Mm. and then when i do try and read the bible i'm so tired that i can't read it and focus um so spiritually speaking there were there were aspects where i just i wasn't reading i was but there were at the same time even yourself phoning me Mm. you phoned so regular um as did mark and will text me and other Mm -hmm. so many others like and i received so many text messages from people even within cumbernauld and the free church Mm -hmm. that those were the real spiritual pick-me-ups and encouragements yeah. and i could feel that well god you you know you are remembering me through your people i feel that right now um yeah but i wasn't like i wasn't reading the bible I, in, the, in, in any um uh, deep meaningful way because i was so tired and yeah. i was just when i was praying it was arrow prayers mm. and sometimes that and the loss of the, the isolation meant it was a loss of the presence of Marina and Theo, mm. and that that was tough because we pray together or you know we we spend time together and sometimes that's the encouragement of the the, the spiritual life you know. She, but her being downstairs and me being upstairs, that changed that dynamic. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know mm. it's you know there are there are moments of our life. Um, and maybe some people listening to this are there, where we realize that um, the beauty of the body of Christ in the sense of like when I don't – I literally don't even have the strength to pray or mm. or even recount promises. I'm just going to have to let people pray for me and, and, and tell mm. me things are true. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean, it's a total helplessness. And, and I yeah. just – I'm just – I really think this is an important part of – of mm-hmm. where we are right now, that of to just, you know, Mark is leading our church in, in prayer during this season. But just just to remember that, you know, our prayers uphold uh, the saints um, from afar, even. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. In a sense of, when you don't have the strength to even believe, um, we'll we'll believe for you. Um, we'll we'll yeah. pray for you. Um, yeah. And hold you up. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Give me, give me some takeaways. What? Uh, this is obviously, you know, one of those times in your life where God is a severe mercy, where He shows you things, and that's that's typically typically what He uses is is suffering more than anything else to mm-hmm. get our attention and to sanctify us. So, what has God shown you through this experience? Mm. That's such a good question. Um, yeah, well, just that very point that you made there and articulated so well that when I can pray, that God's people can pray for me, mm. and the encouragement of them making that known um, mm. that, that the community, the body of Christ, um, mm-hmm. that that's number one. It's been a huge takeaway. I think 
it, it, it also put life into perspective. I had to learn to just adjust completely and utterly mm. to being helpless. Mm. Um, and I think I found that hard. Yeah. Uh, I think that day when I when I got back up, I was like, I'm ready now to pastor the flock, that, you know, and yeah. um, I don't like being helpless. I think I, that was actually the point where I was there was a bit of fear and scare. I was like, oh, wow, I, I'm not able to do um, what I'm normally able to do, and I'm mm. um, just here on my own. Um, God reminded me just that we are made to be with people. Mm. I, like, I like we were made for community, like family, Marina, Theo, not being able to hold them, play with them. Um, mm. God reminded me just the importance of that. Like I am, lo- I'm. So it was great to, that day when I, I was able to come back downstairs and we, we, we life um, back to normal. Really learning to appreciate that more. And I'm longing to be with my church family. I'm longing to see you guys again in the future. Mm-hmm. Whenever that maybe. God really like. I think that was one of the big takeaways was just how important the presence of other people. That that's what we were made for. Yeah. And um, so being stripped of that um, was a was a huge. Um, it was just a, a shock and then a reminder, well, God, thank you for making us as people who are made for one another. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hot takes being written about, um, you know, this is this is going to show our world that we can, we can, you know, we could do a lot more just on our own with our computers and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I've, been, I've been telling everybody, I think the opposite is going to happen. I, I think our world is going to realize... <laughs> How much we need community, how much we need others. I'm, I can't wait for a meeting that's not on Zoom, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. just to be in the presence of another. It's just how God made us to be. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you. Yeah. Uh, I think. The, go ahead. I was going to say the, the. I'd have to be on. This is this is a, a confession, a reality that I'd have to say is that I felt. I don't know if I'm using the word right term here, but I, honestly. Um, myself spiritually under-equipped or under-prepared for it. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. I, you know, I, I preach the truth that, you know, count to pure joy, mm. brothers, when you go through trials of various kinds, it's suffering, God's got purposes in it. But, you know, when I was in it, those were the truths that actually were, were furthest from my mind for a while until brothers would text them. Or, or, or say them, or if I listened to something and it was said, in, like I remember listening to your sermon um, early on about fear uh, that you preached, I think that was the first Sunday. Yeah, I, I need to hear that. Um, I remember the rhythm, the, I love the, the liturgies, and I think just that time, I, I felt like spiritually under equipped for it, that I desperately needed the truth to be spoken spoken to me. Um, That's and, good, and that was man. A, that, that, that was the biggest shock. So you're saying... I thought I would be prepared. You're yeah. saying you're saying prepare yourself um prepare mm. yourself for suffering in the good days <laughs> for when yeah. suffering comes yeah. because when you when you're when you're suffering you don't have the strength you need you you, you need to be ready uh by yeah. what you've done um yeah before that yeah that that's yeah. convicting to me as I'm sitting here healthy I yeah ill prepare spiritually mm. for that that's that's a good way to put it um, yeah, yeah. And, and a good confession. Thanks for being honest with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're a guy. You're you're a you're a go getter. You're a um, you're a dreamer. You're a visionary. You're a gifted mm-hmm. guy. And 
I'm assuming one of the things that the Lord has shown you that he is, you know, you and I are wired in, in, in a similar way. Um, but anytime that the Lord does something like this to me, he shows, he shows me that I'm not as important as I think I am. And, um, <laughs> and, and yeah. Abby one day, I don't know, I guess it was last week. I was just, just going crazy schedule. And she said, <clears throat> she said, Robert, listen, I, I get, I get what's going on here is big, and I get that, you know, your your voice and gifts are are important. But he's, she said, she said to me, and I can't stop thinking about. It, she said, "You're really important. You're just not needed." And <laughs> and wow, I, I, did, did you feel that? Like, you know what? Covered oh, yeah. all was fine. The free church was fine. God's kingdom is gonna be fine. I can be in bed for two weeks, and yeah. believe it or not, Jesus yeah. can handle this. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I was taught that. So on the when I had to email the, the elders and say, listen, we're going to cancel the Sunday service, um, that next week they were making preparations for the, the upcoming Sunday. Yeah. And see the amount of people in our church that stepped up and, you know, everything happened. And I was in my bed and could do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just realized at that point is that Jesus has got it in hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm saying that even now with a bit of um, hindsight because – during it, there was, I think that Tuesday, I wanted to get up and try and fix it and do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened without me. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the importance of knowing we're not important. And mm. uh, and I, I think, you know, whatever humbles us is good for us. Yes. I have a friend who likes to say that. So mm. that's good. Well, so you're you're feeling good, um, or yep. at least 95%, you said, and... and um, now, now you know to spiritually equip yourself for the next time <laughs> this, yeah. this hits. Learn the lesson. Put on uh, off of you. Put on your pastor. Put on your pastoral mm-hmm. hat and preach, brother. Give give a word to Christians who are listening <laughs> in this hour. I'm gonna give you the platform. What would you say to uh, to all of us who are you know some are freaking out, some aren't taking it serious. You know, just across the board. What if if you had a word for us? What would it be? <laughs> That's really hard, you know, because um, I really don't want to sound like I know, even in light of my experience um, of recent days. Um, and, I, and I, one of the things, one one truth that I learned, I was reflecting on this all of last week was all of the adjustments that we've had to make in recent uh, days, whether it's isolation, lockdown, this has been a reality for so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ in other places of the world. Mm. And we in the West are, are 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 getting the privilege of sharing in the sufferings with brothers and sisters in Christ, not because of the gospel. And often for them in, say, North Korea, it's because of the gospel. Mm. Um, but we're getting this opportunity as we are all united together in Christ to share in experiences of having to adjust our lives. Mm. And so one of the things I want to just say straight off the bat is that, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, I can't remember the John Piper quote, but, you know, God is always doing like 10,000 things. And we perhaps are aware of three of the things that he's doing in that one in that one situation. Yeah. And I I really do think that um, there are, God is doing so many things right now. And uh, we've got a great opportunity to listen, uh, to learn to just discover some of the things that he is doing. And and then one of, one of the biggest things I see here in, in Scotland especially is that there is both the fear of, there is there is the fear of death and that anxiety starting to rise to the surface. But one of the, the, the huge fears is the fear of 
um, life in the sense that people are losing their livelihoods, mm -hmm. jobs are being impacted, um, wealth, all of that. And uh, on Sunday evening, uh, one of the, the, the verses I was preaching on was from Revelation chapter 1, and it's when Jesus, uh, after John has this revelation of Christ Jesus, and he falls flat on his face, and Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, yes. and I hold the keys of death and Hades. And, you know, one of the truths that I was wanting to, I was sharing with the, the congregation here in Cumbernauld was, Let's just hear Jesus' words afresh for this situation. Number one is, do not be afraid. And how often he spoke those words to the people and his people in the storms of life. And then he reminds them of, I am the living one. And yes. that, that, that truth empowers us not to fear life mm. because he is the living one. Um, he is in this with us right now. Um, and, and, and in that reality, it's, it's being reminded of the fact that he is our eternal security. Um, I think his livelihoods are, are been stripped away from some people, the wealth. And I see that and hear that even within amongst my own friends here in Scotland. I, I want to say that there is hope for life right now in, in Jesus. And then the ultimate truth when it comes to the fear of death, yeah. that Jesus is the one who says, and behold, you know, I'm dead. I was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Um, and he holds the keys of death and Hades. One of the huge securities is that Jesus has overcome the grave. The resurrection gives us that hope. And so in the midst of this, we as God's people, we have an opportunity to display the hope, the living hope that we have, as Peter would say, um, yes. in the midst of this crisis, that, that we have a hope that's, that's built on the past reality of Jesus' death and resurrection, but it needs to impact one our present right today it is a living hope yeah. and also it impacts our future um even death itself jesus has overcome the grave and the promise is is that you know we we will too um amen, amen. So, yeah. i can't wait to, i don't know about you but i cannot wait to preach on easter yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, that's what i'm most looking forward to i know it. Prep is gonna, yeah i know it Brother, we love you, man. I wish so oh. badly um, that we could see you. Um, we, mm. you, you had planned that. For those who don't know, Andy and Marina had plans to come to come to America uh, in June, um, but I doubt that's going to happen now. But we're going to get you over here sometime, and can't wait to see you on the other side of this and hug you. And uh, mm. we're, we're praying for you, can't and wait. would covet would covet uh, your church's prayers. Um, okay. for us absolutely yeah so. and we are praying for you guys and but thank can I honestly please pass on my love and thanks yeah. to everyone you got you robert you've met you and the the, the pastors there have made a huge effort just to to encourage me and i really appreciate that the lord yeah. um has yeah. used that and so i'm just so i'm so appreciative for the the bonds of love and unity that we have in the spirit together and mm -hmm. for the way that you guys have loved me this time so thank you and thanks to everyone in tcpc uh, at this time you're welcome brother we love you and uh love. go go hug that theo now that you can oh uh, well he's the I cutest will. thing i've ever seen so mm. go, uh, send our love thank you all right brother blessings bye bro bye bye yeah.